Hello, welcome to the Hypno Travelers on the Magical Psyche Highway Podcast. That's right. Your host and tour guide is Scott Prevet, a healer, hypnotist, and a magician. And your bus driver, Jason Gobelli, also a hypnotist, an entrepreneur, and a spiritual guide. Trip with us on the Inner Revelation bus. That's right. One quick disclaimer, neither Jason, Scott, or any of our guests here today or licensed professional psychologist or psychiatrist. So please don't make any changes to any medication or treatments that you are currently on based on the conversation that you hear here today. Just hop on the bus and enjoy the ride. Give us a like, love, or comment, and remember to share your experience with others because there is always room for more in this bus. That's right. Hi, I'm Jason Gabelli of the Hypno Travelers on the Magical Psyche Highway. And we got Scott Prevent here with me, our tour guide. And today we got a great guest. We got Zachariah Grace of Healing Harmonies. That's right. Pretty excited to have him. He's a Reiki healer and all kinds of stuff. His hat is full, a man of many hats. So uh, let's ride his highway today. Zachariah, tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what you do. Hey, Jason. Welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you both so much, first and foremost, for just having me on your platform, having me as a guest on your podcast here. Um, really grateful for that opportunity. So, yes, my name is Zachariah Grace. Um, I also go by Zach the Reiki Guy on social media, which is where most people know me from. Um, and I'm known for sharing Reiki-infused flute music. Um, and yes, yeah, so I can share with you a little bit about my story, but before I do that, um, last year I created a business called Healing Harmonics, and that's kind of the main thing that I do, Healing Harmonics LLC, um, which is an umbrella for one of my main offerings, which is Flute School. Um, that's F-L-U-T-E, because sometimes when I say it, people think I'm saying food school, right? Um, but Flute School is a, a place where I teach people how to play Native American style flutes. And I also train them in Reiki level one and two so that they too can create Reiki infused flute music. So you're actually healing people through sound and music. What's that all about? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really beautiful passion that I have um, that was inspired really uh, by my mother in a lot of ways. Um, and so I've shared this story before, but I am, you know, I feel like I have a new take on it with this brand new year of 2024. So happy new year to everyone listening, by the way, as well. Um, but yeah, man, so my mom was a Reiki master teacher. And so she was also, she also practiced something called Isis Sikhem, which is uh, an Egyptian form of energy healing. So some of my earliest memories of a kid as a kid are of my mother doing Reiki sessions for my brother and I and just experiencing this like immense warmth and love radiating from her hands. It was like I was a very overactive child. I was very energetic, if you will. Um, and Reiki was something that really just calmed my entire being as a child. Um, and yeah, I'm really grateful for some of those early memories. And then Native American style flutes um, is also something that comes from my childhood. So when I was eight years old, um, back in the year 2000, so that reveals my age, um, 
my family moved from the East Coast to the Southwest. So we lived in Maryland. That's where I was born. And then when I was eight, we moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, didn't have any family there, didn't really know anybody there. But my mom felt this calling to be out there. It was a place of healing. You know, Santa Fe is known for being a healing Mecca in a lot of ways. Um, so we moved out here and, you know, it was a complete shift in our life, a big transition. Um, and yeah, you know, my mom found her tribe. She found her people. Um, she started going to women's groups and working with this crystal shaman, Jane Ann Dow. Um, and then three or four months after we moved and arrived in Santa Fe, uh, my mom loved going for walks. And we lived in a land called El Dorado. It was El Dorado at Santa Fe. And the views there are just gorgeous mountains and beautiful sunsets. Um, and she made, you know, she had a routine of going for a walk each evening. And there was one evening where uh, she went for a walk and she didn't, she never came back. Um, and, you know, there's this whole event that was basically the life changing event of my life um, where my mother ended up passing away that evening. Um, on her walk, she was listening to Native American flute music. She was listening to a CD by Robert Mirabal. So the last sounds that my mother heard were the enchanting sounds of Native American flute. Um, and so as a child, I used to listen to that CD as a way of kind of connecting with my mother. And Native American flute sounds became such a sacred sound to me um, for that reason. How old were you when your mom passed? Yeah, so I was eight years old when my mom passed away. Did you have other brothers and siblings at the time? Yeah, so I have one older brother who's four years older. Um, so he was 12 when this all happened. Um, and then, yeah, my father raised uh, my brother and I, you know, and um, that that was it. You know, we, we, we moved to New Mexico. Um, that was one big transition. And then my mother passed away a few months later. That was a second huge transition. Um, and at that point, you know, we had already sold our home back east. We already moved to this new location. So my dad just decided we're going to stay. Um, and, you know, he raised my brother and I here in Santa Fe. Um, unfortunately, in 2017, he passed away suddenly of a heart attack. Um, and so, you know, that was another big transitionary period of my life when that happened as well, um, which, you know, I can get into a little later if you'd like. Yeah, that impact that happens as a child, I can relate to that because when I was 11, I watched my father die. So, wow. so I've had a similar type situation. And I know that feelings come up. And there's a lot of, of stuff that happens during that time of your life because it's a major, major growth period. So did that affect you coming? I know it affected you, but in what ways did it affect you and how did you deal with that growing up? Yeah, man. So I didn't really have many tools to deal with it growing up, to be honest with you. Um, and so that resulted in me becoming a pretty problematic child, I guess you would um, label it. You know, I was growing up, I, I had, I've always had a reputation and sometimes it's been a good one and sometimes it's been a bad one. But growing up as a kid, I had a bad reputation. You know, I was, I was the kid that would get into trouble, the kid that would talk back to the teachers, the kid that was sent to the principal's office, the, 
kid that got kicked out of school for, you know, punching a hole in the wall. Like I was a pretty angry teenager, you know, and I rebelled a lot and I did a lot of really stupid things. Um, you know, got into like, you know, gang type of things, trap house type of living, drugs, all of that stuff. Um, so like from the ages of like 13 to 16, I was doing a lot of really intense things that 13 to 16 year olds shouldn't be doing. Um, but you know, it was just like, I, I had so much trauma to deal with at that time that nobody really ever gave me tools. I didn't really understand. And Reiki was a distant memory at that point. You know, after my mom passed away, it was like Reiki wasn't really a part of my life for several years after that. And it was at about the age of 17 that I started to just feel guided. Like, I don't know why, but I kept on feeling pulled to this bookshelf that was my mom's bookshelf of like all these different books that she had. And there was one book in particular, every time I walked up to this bookshelf, it would just like call out to me. And one day I decided to pick it up and it was a book about Reiki. It was called um, Reiki, A Torch in the Daylight by Karen Mitchell. And I picked that book up finally and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to look through it. And I started to read it and I, these flashback memories of when my mom would practice Reiki on me would start to flood into my mind and tears just began like streaming down my face, just like it felt like I reconnected with something that I had completely forgot about. You know, Reiki, I didn't even realize Reiki was a thing at that age because I had kind of forgot about it. You know, I blocked out a lot of my early memories um, of like, I didn't even really have very many memories of my mom or I didn't remember her voice. I didn't understand who she was as a person. You know, I felt like I never got to meet her in a lot of ways. So Reiki and learning about it was a way for me to learn about my mom, to learn about like who, it, who was she, you know? Um, and yeah, man, that, that changed my life. I, I stepped away from the friends group that I was hanging out with and um, got clean. You know, I wasn't doing all the, I wasn't going out partying and drinking and, and doing drugs anymore. Um, and it was a woman that I was in a relationship with. We got together when I was 16, who's also the mother of my children, um, that that really was a pivotal moment because in many ways she was like, look, if you're going to keep on living this lifestyle, like I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Um, and at the time I made a choice, you know, and I decided that that wasn't as important to me as being with this woman and, you know, with this book finding about Reiki, I was really curious about that. Um, so I started getting my life back together, man. And at 17, you know, I was journaling every day. I was reading about Reiki. I was kind of getting into self-development, you know, learning about manifestation and learning about like trauma and somatic healing, um, all these different things. And it was just really uh, a potent time of learning for me. And when I was 19 years old, I found out that I was going to be a father. Um, and that was another big life changing, like, oh my God, you know, if I'm going to be a father, I really need to get my shit together <laughs> is essentially what it came down to. Um, so yeah, man, I decided to go to massage school and well, I guess let me back up a little bit because there is one important step that I left out, which is abstract art. 
um, which is another thing that connects me back to my mother. My mother was an art major. Um, she graduated from the Institute of Maryland, which is like a pretty prestigious art school in the world. And um, so it first started through doing artwork and kind of trying to explore my artistic expression as a way of like, oh, my mom was an amazing artist. I kind of want to like do art to see what's there for me. Um, and so my first jump into entrepreneurship, you could say, was trying to be an abstract painter, selling my artwork downtown Santa Fe, um, and ultimately it not being able to provide enough income for me to be able to support a new family. So I went to massage school and um, I became certified in massage therapy. I became a licensed massage therapist and learned Reiki right after massage school. Um, and so in 13, I learned Reiki level one. A month later, I learned Reiki level two. And what happened for me when I started learning these modalities that my mom was practicing is all of a sudden it gave me a connection back to her, especially when I learned about Reiki level two. We have a technique called distance healing. Um, and distance healing basically allows you to send Reiki to any point in time, any person in the world, past, present, future. Um, so I was like, I'm going to start sending Reiki to my mom and just, you know, see what happens. So I would start sending Reiki to my mom and felt this direct connection with her. It was as if she was right there with me. So in many ways, I feel like Reiki gave me back my mom. You know, it was like it gave me a way to connect with her directly that I felt like I'd lost at a young age. That's that's beautiful, Zach. I, I I can relate so much to you. I too am from Maryland. Oh wow. And I and I lost one of my, my you know, I lost my dad. And then I kind of went on a similar path as you did, where I got in a lot of trouble. I mean, I never punched the hole in the door. I spiked the punch and almost got in trouble at school. But the same <laughs> things, you know, and uh and I eventually too had to get clean and straighten out my life. So I can see where you're going and I can see that path. I'm glad that the Reiki helped you out. But now my question is, is do you do other things from your mom? Are you mixing some of that? Is there a, a mesh between that Reiki and maybe some of the Egyptian stuff and the American Indian? I mean, is, is you, are you crossing alternate things? Or are you just pretty much stuck in the American Indian zone? No, man. So everything I do is really just an integration of everything that I've been trained in. So I've been practicing healing arts for over a decade now. Um, definitely have gotten like my 10,000 plus hours of doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. Um, and then in my Reiki master training, which was in 2015, I was given a whole array of different tools um, from repatterning tools to um, guided meditation to uh, shamanic journeying with Reiki. Like there's so many different things. So like what I present on social media is typically Reiki infused flute music. Um, so it's the Native American style flutes infused with Reiki through a Japanese Reiki technique called Kokiho. So Kokiho in Japanese means healing with the breath. Um, and basically in Reiki, we have something called Reiki symbols. So with the Kokiho method, you're drawing the Reiki symbols on the roof of your mouth with your tongue, and then you can blow the energy out of your mouth. Um, and in a one-on-one -on -one healing session, you would do that, like say you're working on the head, and you wanted to direct the energy down towards the abdomen, 
you could draw a Reiki symbol on the roof of your mouth and blow it on to the area where you want to send it to in a healing session one-on-one. So in 2015, I was like, I wonder what would happen if I tried using that technique while I play Native American style flutes. And that's where the whole inspiration for Reiki infused flute music came from. However, when I'm doing that, it's also the Kashan Sikhem energies that are intertwining with the Reiki. Um, and it's all these different things. I, I incorporate a lot of somatic healing into the work that I do. So people experience energy, but they don't really know what to do with it when they experience it. Somatic healing is that tool that helps to ground it into the body, into the physical body for us, so that we can focus on, oh, I'm experiencing something in the chest. Okay, cool. Let's get curious about what that is. Does it have a temperature? Oh, it's kind of hot. Okay, does it have a shape? Huh, it's kind of like a circle. Um, Does it have a color? You know, when you abstract it, it gives us a way to get in contact with it the way that it's presenting in the physical body as a sensation. Um, So yeah, there is a intertwining, I would say in, in the works. So tell us about some of that healing that you've done. Some of the people that you've actually helped and actually seen changes in their lives. Yeah. So for me, one of the most potent times, I mean, there's so many sessions that I could draw from them, but, the ones that stick out in my mind when I sit back and reflect on the most powerful sessions that I've done um, are when I was invited to offer work at the National Veterans Wellness and Healing Center in Angel Fire, New Mexico. Um, And this was early on in my Reiki journey. So I had just become a fully certified Reiki master and I was up in Angel Fire, New Mexico and, um, saw this booth for the National Veterans Wellness and Healing Center and just like felt this inner, it it made me feel really sick to the stomach almost, but this like inner urge of like, you need to go talk to them right now. Um, And so after I was done drinking some coffee, I went over to the booth and just told them like, hey, I just became a certified Reiki master. I'm interested in just volunteering and possibly offering Reiki um, to your retreat participants. And we talked for about five minutes, and then they offered me a job. Um, They offered me a place to stay for the entirety of the retreats. They offered me all of my meals. Um, And it just turned into this really fabulous opportunity for me to share Reiki. Um, And the people I was sharing with were these veterans with very, very high levels of PTSD. Um, This was like a government-endorsed program that was all paid for. They just had to have a specific level on the charts of PTSD in order to come. So many of these men and women had never heard of Reiki healing. You know, they had never, and they see this young kid. I was, let's see, I must've been 2015. I must've been like only 23 years old at the time. So you can imagine these veterans seeing this young guy. I had like my crystal necklace. I was wearing a fedora hat, you know, kind of like in my, in my, in my little style that I have. And they're kind of looking at me like, who is this kid? Um, But they would come into the room and I would kind of explain to them like, this is what Reiki is. Um, And they kind of be looking at me like I had two heads, but they would reluctantly get on the table um, and let me do my session. And, you know, oftentimes they were sitting there with their eyes open. And then there was just a certain moment where all of a sudden they would close their eyes and take this deep breath, man. 
and they were just like so relaxed for the first time in like years, you know, and they would tell me this is the first time in years where I really feel like I've been able to breathe again. Um, but there was this one guy, he was a Vietnam veteran and throughout the session, you know, he was kind of just keeping his eyes open. And then we got down to working on the legs. I was working on his right knee and all of a sudden there's this very big energetic release surrounding the knee. Um, and he jumped up on the table and looked at me like with this big smile on his face, like, what was that? <laughs> you know, like he really felt it and he was surprised that like he felt anything. Um, but the knees, like from um, a psychosomatic point of view, the knees hold a fear of death. And so I shared that with him. I said, well, knees can be related to a fear of death. He's like, well, I'm not really afraid of dying, man. And I was like, that's fair. It could also be a fear of death of people that we love or care about. And he was like, yeah, that definitely resonates for me. Um, knees can also indicate like a fear of letting go of some version of ourself, like a past version of ourself. Um, and so, you know, he just had this like really big release around the right knee that for the rest of the retreat, he was just raving on and on about to all the other like veterans and participants. Um, I had another Vietnam veteran come in and he just was like, look, man, I don't want you to touch me. And he was like, clear. And I was like, I got you. So I did the whole session just kind of off the body. Um, and he was tripping out at the end of the session, man. He's like, you didn't touch me at all. But I felt that entire session. He was like, not a religious person, not like a spiritual person. He's like, I don't really know how to explain this. This might sound crazy. But at the end of the session, I felt like my spinal column opened up and like these wings came out. And he was like, asking me, like, what does yeah. this mean? I was like, I don't really know what it means, man. I'm not here to like interpret the, the experience for anyone. But it sounds like it was a really powerful experience for you. Um, so man, it was just, it was just these experience with these, um, veterans that like obviously weren't open to Reiki. They had never heard of it. Um, and just the results that I got from sharing with them, I'll share one more story. Um, there was this one guy, he was injured. He was a Marine, big, tough biker dude, like shaved head, big beard, intimidating looking guy. Right. Um, he gets on the table and about five minutes after working on him, he was just like, Zach, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> um, he's like, but for the first time in 15 years, I'm not feeling any pain in my body, brother. And he's like, I literally don't have any pain right now. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, man, but I'm always in pain. Like, I always feel pain. I've just had to live with it. He's like, I don't know what the heck's going on right now, but I feel no pain in my body, man. Um, and that was just a huge moment. You know, that was just like, as I was doing the session, I was just like, wow, man, like this stuff really, really works. Um, and early on in my journey, I kind of needed that validation. I kind of needed something to show me like, this isn't just some like bullshit that people are just like, you know, claiming words. It's not placebo effect, but there's actually like a, a physiological and energetic effect that happens that benefits people. Um, so, yeah. It sounds like things are pretty spiritual in nature for you. I would say so. Yeah. You know, I would say so. It's Dreamless. not, and it's not, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of like through the lineage, I suppose, you know, a lot of it is, um, my mom was a very spiritual person and like, 
I like to, I like to say, and I really feel that this is true that, you know, ever since she passed away, she's been one of my main guardian angels. She's been one of my main guides. You know, she's guided me on this journey. And so many of the big events that have happened in my life happened completely by surprise. It was like an opportunity just presented for me that I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm doing this now, you know? Um, and I kind of feel like that's her like setting up little opportunities for me along the path. Like here, this is going to help you. And now I got both my mom and my dad that kind of act as like these, these guardian angels, these protectors. Um, you can see I have these candles that I usually have with me when I create um, videos and like do live streams. Um, and they're to represent my parents, you know, it's kind of just to like acknowledge that they're there and like give, give respect and, and honor to them. So you're pulling awesome. on their energies. Are you taking that energy in turn and directing that towards your kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I've, I've introduced Reiki to both of my daughters at a pretty early age. Um, with my younger daughter, Sky, I was actually practicing Reiki on her when she was still developing inside of the womb. Um, and so like when she was born, we had that uh, kind of like a direct connection through Reiki. It was like whenever she was kicking around inside of mommy's tummy or her mom would have morning sickness or like, be, you know, something like that. I would just do some Reiki on her and within minutes, like whatever discomfort she was experiencing would go away. Um, and when she was born, when she came into the world, it was like she already knew who I was because she she recognized the energy of Reiki. She recognized like the energy. So when I held her, she was like, oh, I know you. Um, with my first daughter, I hadn't learned Reiki yet. So like when we when she was first born, it was this moment of like finally meeting her and she recognized me but it was you know you could tell a distinct difference from being able to practice reiki throughout the entire labor um throughout the entire pregnancy the entire labor the whole thing versus not being able to do that and so you know ever since they were small children i've been sharing reiki with them and even teaching them about it they've been attuned so that they practice reiki um, and also teaching them native american style flutes you know, so all these things kind of definitely get passed down to them as well. So you're telling awesome. me that your kids are actually healers. Are they like helping the neighborhood kids and stuff like this through healing arts? Yeah, well, they've been trained in it. You know, they don't always use it. But the thing with Reiki, man, is that like once you've been attuned to Reiki, a person has and can do Reiki for the rest of their life, whether they use it or not. Reiki's like it will come on at non odd like odd non healing moments. You know, for instance, like you could be washing the dishes or doing laundry, and all of a sudden you'll feel the Reiki energy just kind of kick up, and you're like, "Huh, okay." You know, so Reiki's coming through whether they're consciously using it or not. It comes through in everything that they do. Like you know, even when when they come to like give me a hug or something, they place their hands on my back, and I can feel Reiki coming through their hands you know and it's not like they're consciously saying like reiki on you know like start healing reiki doesn't really work like that it just it comes through you become a channel or a vessel for this spiritually guided life force energy to flow through you know so yeah i would say that it does come through like they are little healers you know whether they're consciously on the path or not like it does come through in everything they do now, have you thought about using some of that Egyptian stuff 
like your mom has used in the past? Yeah, so I, I definitely do, man. And it's like the way that I experience it is there's not really a separation between Reiki and Sikhem energy for me at this point. Um, for me, both of them come through. And even in the workshops that I teach, even if I'm teaching like a Reiki workshop, I find that like the Sikhem energy also kind of weaves in with the training as well. So the students that I teach usually end up getting a mixture of Reiki and Sekem just because that's kind of what comes through me through studying these two lineages and kind of combining them. I don't promote it as much as Sekem infused because Sekem is less um, familiar with the, the like overall public. However, um, I've also created like videos to help educate about Sekem. Um, and most people that hear about Sekem and Kashen Sekem are very interested. They're like, tell me more about that. I want to I wanna understand what that is because that seems very intriguing. Nice. Now, you have a lot of, we have a lot of healers on this podcast who, who watch us. And so yeah. you have this huge following on social media where it's like, you're the man. How, how, how'd, that, how'd all that happen and how do you make that so big? Yeah, man. Honestly, it's one of those situations where it kind of caught me by surprise, you know? Um, Back in, let's say, like 2019, 2018, 2019, 2020, um, I was trying to become an online coach, you know. So it started out with a program that I created called Trauma Wellness Blueprint, um, which was a mixture of energy healing and somatic healing in order to uh, help people to release trauma. It was like a, a three-month program that I was leading people through. Um, you know, I hired a business coach to like teach me how to do all that because I didn't understand anything about marketing or direct sales or, you know, how to make any of that stuff work. I knew I could do the healing work, but I didn't know how to do like the marketing and business aspect of things. Um, and from like 2018 to 2020, I had a very small following, man. Like I had, you know, under 5,000 followers among all platforms. And I was trying to run this business and like, you know, it wasn't working out, man. Nobody really knew I existed. Nobody really knew who I was. Um, and then in 2020, the pandemic happened, right? And I was like, man, I can't work. Like I can't do in-person Reiki workshops anymore. Like what am I going to do? So I created an eight-week program called Online Reiki Academy. And that was a program where I trained people over the course of eight weeks in Reiki level one and two. The first month was dedicated to Reiki level one. The second month was dedicated to Reiki level two. And that kind of took off a little bit. You know, that like I got the first on the launch, I got like 13 or 15 students signed up. Um, and the first round was a big success. You know, everybody had these really great experiences. It was at a time that was like during COVID. So everybody really appreciated being able to connect in this way and create this community. Um, it was great, but I still had a very small platform. At that same time, I started a TikTok and was like, I'm just going to start posting a video a day of me doing Reiki infused flute music. I was doing it anyways on my own. So I was like, I might as well just share this and like start recording myself doing this. Um, and like for a while, man, nobody, nobody was paying attention to my videos. Like nobody was watching it. Um, and then I had some like pretty big things happen in my personal life where everything began to fall apart, man. And I don't know if I'm going to go like too deep into the details of what that was specifically, 
but it was a really challenging time when like everything in my life felt like it fell apart, you know? And I was like, kind of like at a place where I'm like, I give up, man. Like, I'm not going to try to do this anymore. And then all of a sudden a video on TikTok just went viral and it was of me doing Reiki infused flute music. And it was a 60 second video that like in the matter of weeks went beyond a million views. And like, I went from having like less than a thousand followers to then having 10,000 followers a couple days later. And then a couple days after that, it was 20,000. A couple days after that, it was 30,000. And then I would post another video and that one would take off. And then like before I knew it, man, I was at like 100,000 followers on TikTok within like the matter of like a month. And I was like, what is going on, man? And that completely shifted things. You know, I started doing live streams every day. People started asking me, do you have music on Spotify, iTunes? Like, where can I listen to your music? So I had to figure out how do I do that? Because I didn't have like a, a recording studio. Um, but I just had my computer, a Yeti blue microphone and my headphones. And I started recording in that way, man. And like sacred waters was the first song that I ever released. It's actually still to date my most popular song out of all of the songs that I've released so far. Um, and it was so basic, man. It was just me recording into my Yeti blue microphone in my apartment. Um, with like all this background noise, I had sent the file to one of my Reiki students who is an audio engineer. And he mixed and mastered it to the, like take out the background noise and just like put some reverb on it. Um, and then Sacred Waters was born, man. And then shortly after I released Walking Home, um, which is like an album, my first album that I ever released. So, yeah, man, that's kind of how the social media thing happened. And then this year, or well, I guess last year, 2023, at the beginning of the year, I had less than 2,000 followers on Instagram. And then it was a similar story. You know, I had, I went through a bad breakup um, and like was feeling pretty defeated in life. And it was like right after that breakup happened, one door closed and another door opened. A video just took off on Instagram and all of a sudden went viral. And same sort of thing that happened on TikTok started happening on Instagram where it was like, the next day I had like 5,000 followers day after that 10,000 followers day after that 15,000, you know, oh. and it just grew. So every time it's happened like that, man, it's caught me by complete surprise. It's not something that I was like, I'm going to go do this and create this large following. It was more like, Hey, here you go. This is now your reality. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, it sounds to me like it's not a surprise because the energy work that you're doing on yourself transcends to others when yes. you're doing this work. And so I think that's pretty powerful. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty impressive. I'm going to sit here with my Yeti blue microphone that I'm speaking on right now. And, and, and I just think that this is amazing that there's so many paths that cross here and it's, and it's great. But what I do want to say is that, how can people get a hold of you? I want to put your links up here and stuff like this. Tell us about how they can get a hold of you and where we can go from there. Yeah. So the easiest way is probably um, my beacons because beacons is like, you know, you have links for all these different things. Um, so ZachTheReikiGuy.com is a good, good way for people to connect um, because that will also give them my email. Uh, it will show them all my different offerings. It will show them a link to where they can learn more about flute school. Um, you know, we'll show them where they can find my music online, other podcasts that I've been featured on, 
Um, you know, all those different things. ZachTheReikiGuy.com is kind of like the central hub. Uh, you can also find all my social media accounts through there and all of that. So that is probably the best way, I would say. Is that a sufficient answer? Hey, okay. Zachariah, you got something coming up, don't you? I do. I do indeed. And let's see. It's actually called um, New Year, New You. So this is a collaboration with a company called The Divine Seed. Um, and the class is designed to help you plan your year with the highest intentions, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and learn different methods to allow these intentions to be successful all year. So there's going to be three different 20 minute workshops. Um, this is going to be on Saturday, January 13th, 2024 from three to 4 PM mountain standard time. And it's going to be a virtual online sort of thing. Um, my, my little offering, my 20 minute offering is going to be a flute meditation journey. Um, and so it's going to be taking people on a meditative journey as, uh, I also have native American flute sounds, Reiki infused flute coming through. So, um, the place that you can sign up for that would be the divine slash classes. Beautiful. Great. Beautiful. It sounds cool. very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Hey, man, Zach, it's been wonderful here. Scott, do you have any questions you want to throw out here? Anything? Oh you man, there's so much I could I could talk to Zach all day about. Man, from the music aspect to the Reiki aspect, it's just it's, it's he's a wonderful guest. Thank you. It's great Thank to you. have him. Yeah, I know I know I kind of shared a lot in a little amount of time, so there's a lot to it's all good. Yeah, this to is digest from that. <laughs> Yeah, Zachary, this has been a lot of fun and it's been very interesting. And and uh, what resonates with me the most is, is that some of the experiences that you've went through are pretty much attached personally with some of my journey. And and I, I like those connections because I can feel that energy coming through. And it's and it's just and it's just awesome. So you're you're an awesome guy. And we're so glad that we had we had the opportunity to ride down your magical psyche highway today. So. Thank you so much, man. Like I, I'm really honored that you guys asked and uh, really just appreciate, you know, you guys are really amazing individuals and I see the work that you guys are doing as well. So, you know, thank you for having me. Well, much love, Zach. We're glad to have you here. It's been a great time. And, and that said, let's uh, tell our guests, we we're glad that you could come. We hope that you enjoyed the show today. If you like us, please give us a thumbs up. If you think we're assholes, give us the thumbs down. We don't care. Follow us. Let people know what we're about. Come. We got great guests here. Zachariah Grace has been wonderful. And we're so glad to have him here. And we hope to see you again next time on the Magical Psyche Highway. Thanks. What a great trip it was. That's right. <laughs> wow. What a trip. Thanks for taking that journey with us today. Please like us, share us, and enlighten us with your views of the topics we drove into today. We appreciate you and love reading your comments. Thanks again, and we hope to see you back on the bus next week. That's right.